0: Hello and welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction and where I struggle to remember the difference between Melkor, Mordor, and Morgoth, whatever the fuck those things are. Today we've got the fantasy writer to rule them all, J.R.R. Tolkien, on tap. And you may know the Lord of the Rings, but if you don't know today's book, The Silmarillion, are you even a nerd, bro? I'm Adam.
1: I'm Sean. And I'm Mike.
0: And we are here to discuss The Silmarillion. But first. I wanted to send a hello to a Twitter user who gave us a shout out recently, at Voidwalker0x79 for their kind words. Thanks for the shout out, and we're glad to have you with us, Voidwalker. If today's book isn't your thing, and you don't have time to read almost an entire world history of a fictional universe from creation of the f- from creation to the fifth age of some millennia, well, luckily for you, Amazon has taken one of the few parts. I understood from this book, from the Silmarillion, and made it into an extended series. Don't have time to watch eight hours of elves and dwarves alternately fighting and then hugging it out? Good news. We're talking about this series for our next installment of the podcast. Though, you should probably spend less time on TikTok and more time on nerdy fiction anyways. That's right. Next up in our series is Amazon Prime's The Rings of Power. So, before we get to all that... Let's talk about what we're drinking today.
2: First, I got to say, you just just totally ruled out TikTok as our next conquest. No TikToker is going to want to listen to us now.
0: I have very confused (laughs) feelings about TikTok. And one is because I'm very confused, but also alternately turned on by TikTok dances. Mm. And then also, (laughs) uh, (laughs) my... I've heard from the olds, a.k.a. the boomers, that TikTok is like a way for China to spy on us. So I'm just really freaked out by the whole thing.
1: Wow. Well, you did a nice job uh, st- distilling all of Tolkien's world down into about 15 seconds of summary. That was good. Yeah. So
2: you're well on your way to TikTok starting,
1: for sure. Yeah, did I say Tip Top? Tip Top. <laughs> That's our new thing, guys. We're going to start an app called Tip Top. Our nerd yeah. branch off. And Adam will be uh, the dancer. As well as the uh, the brief summarizer. Hmm. I see that you have seen me dance,
0: and it's awful. He's got
1: well, this thing called
2: the twirl. Where <laughs> wait, wait till you see it? The
0: twirl. <laughs> it does not involve uh, my ass. I'll tell you that. That will be the twerk. Was <clears throat> oh, that what that's supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been doing it wrong.
1: Oh fuck, he's doing it right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Can't stop. Anyways. <laughs> So the funny thing is, we've not had a single sip of this beverage in front of us, gents, today. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So in front of us, we have a mold wine, and uh, we really kind of went around. What are we going to have today? It here in Buffalo is winter time. We just got off of one snowstorm. Another snowstorm is impending this weekend, and uh, mold wine sounded like the best choice here. So uh, Sounds
2: downright elvin.
0: Yeah, it feels like it. Indeed. Um, Mike and I have both made mold wine in the past. This is, happens to be mine, so if it sucks, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it sucks, oh, no matter mine. how good it is. It's we have this
0: competitive nature thing. <laughs> it
2: smells like I just walked into Martha Stewart's house. And Snoop Dogg was standing
0: time. there going, what's up? <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, it doesn't have that sticky, icky smell. But well, that's another product.
1: Fantastic. It does smell delightful.
0: Yeah, so if you've never made mold wine before, you just get yourself a bottle of mediocre wine don't use good stuff yes, or use good, good stuff, stuff aka Snoop's Kelly Red <laughs> and then uh,
1: that's the mic recipe i use only Snoop Dogg's Kelly Red oh no it's fantastic we tried to have him as a guest on the show yeah friend uh, of the cast yeah um but uh um, scheduling conflict there was yeah. it came down to him or bill murray and i accidentally scheduled them both for next month so. Right, right oh, and we couldn't
2: yeah. make extra time in our schedule for Snoop so he's just going to have to get bumped that well he understands we're yeah. busy we are
0: yeah. busy he's cool yeah Oh sorry, Compton. And uh, it's, uh uh the it's Long Beach, but uh, Oh fuck <laughs> now it's not a, a <laughs> the We just lost now oh, now the the damn limits. Limits. Sorry to everybody, just the world. I'm sorry. Uh so you take yourself a fine red wine, you throw in some brandy, you throw in some cloves, whole cloves, you throw in some anise, and you throw in some cinnamon, and you cook it. Full stop. You get it hot. You can do it in a slow cooker like I did, or just on your stovetop. Once it starts simmering, stop. Drink it. This the kind of recipe I can follow. Sounds
2: good. Brilliant. All right. So, One thing Adam can do well is get it hot. <laughs> <laughs> wow
0: well, I mean, to quote a poet of our time, it is getting hot in her. <laughs> so, oh. gentlemen. Oh, hey, thank uh, you. Yes. Let's uh, take a sip and see what we think. Yes, sir. up. Cheers. Oh.
1: That is delightful. Yeah. That okay, is a good. solid Western New York winter beverage right here. That yeah, tastes like the season right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I am um, wasn't sure about the amount of anise, and if you've listened to previous casts, you will <laughs> know we do not like the taste of liquid anise. <laughs> That's
1: <A>. anise. Anise. <laughs> Pretty much listen to well any of our previous casts yeah. and. Uh there's a good chance we're drinking it and bitching yeah <laughs> yeah. well
0: this one time we bought a bottle of absinthe Mike bought a bottle of absinthe and um, it lasted for like three four months yeah. it you probably still is your house it's still got it. got oh, it's, oh it's still there <laughs> yeah. I
1: tried bringing it out at a recent Christmas party I was hosting to impress people yeah. no one was interested the fuck
0: mm-hmm. it's the classiest literary beverage
1: and I, I tried explaining it's it's featured in Hemingway mm-hmm. and William Burroughs mm-hmm. and uh, that's Lewis about Carol. the time when they uh, their eyes glazed over Uh, and we we still
2: got to do the sugar cube drip i think that's the thing that was missing agreed we
0: didn't get that drip
2: no we need more drip yeah all right
0: well i'm glad
1: this worked out gents i'm gonna take my time sipping this this is astounding as evidenced by the fact that there was that radio silence there while we all (laughs) sipped some more
0: little asmr
2: (laughs) sip sip (laughs) sipping on some scissor.
0: oh that yeah yeah we're making so many beautiful literary references oh yeah so oh, it's... This, since this is more of a sipper than um, some things, and we're kind of going to be imbibing this for the rest of the cast, I think, let's start by talking about our past histories with Tolkien, the Silmarillion. Um, I'm immediately looking at Sean, who is our Tolkien um, resident expert, I believe. How many because, hours do we have for this cast? I mean, we <laughs> could just make this the rest of the year. That's Ooh. fine.
1: Well, uh, we try to keep them roughly approximate to my commute, so yeah. three and a half to four hours. Okay.
0: That's with snow or without snow on the ground?
1: Oh, that's without snow. That's a yeah. good point. You got a little extra room there, Sean. Okay, there you go. Mike you lives seven. in Cincinnati for anybody. Who wants to <laughs> <be>. Commutes <laughs> into Buffalo.
2: <laughs> Teaching jobs, man. They're hard to come by. It's just what name. people have to do these days. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Mike, do you want to start off then, like, uh, your history with Tolkien, maybe the Silmarillion, if you had any specifically?
1: Absolutely. So I I wasn't always a nerd. I was cool at one point. uh, (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. That uh, that changed um, when I was in college. The Lord of the Rings movies came out. I had not heard of them, uh, had no familiarity with it whatsoever, or with really any fantasy um, or science fiction beyond Star Wars. Which I knew very well since the time I was three. But um, I saw the movie sort of uh, unintentionally. Uh, a roommate of mine had a DVD, and I, I watched The Fellowship. And I remember uh, being so engrossed and so amazed that I was startled when it ended. And I uh, immediately went back and rewatched it shortly after. I saw the next two as they came out in the theater. Uh, I bought the DVDs and watched them many, many times. And within a few years, I had also read the book, Lord of the Rings. Uh, when they came out on Blu-ray and extended edition, I bought those and watched those Whoa. many times, including all the supplementary footage, the behind the scenes, the making of. Um, and uh, the Silmarillion and the Hobbit. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I became a, a very enthusiastic Tolkien nerd and have been ever since.
0: You know, it's funny that you said, like, you came to it in college. I came to Tolkien in high school. Um, We had to read The Hobbit. And no offense to whatever English teacher I had, whatever else was going on. Yeah. The Hobbit in high school? The Hobbit in high school. Wow. It may have also been freshman year. Like, I remember being Mm, early. Okay. And I was not always the best reader, which is weird, I know. But Mm. um, I remember really not enjoying it. For what? But I can't give you like a specific reason, and that kind of turned me off.
2: Well, it's a kid's book. Like you're probably yeah. beyond it at that point in your life.
0: That's kind of you to say. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. No, not mentally or emotionally. But <laughs> um, then, when um, I was flying to to London with my family for a vacation, I bought the first book in the Lord of the Rings series, and I tried to get into it. I mean, you had an I had an eight hour flight. I'm like, sure, I can get into this. I don't know if it was just the timing if I was too distracted or whatever but I just couldn't find myself getting into it but then the movies came out and I fucking love the movies like I I hate to say that for me the movies were better than the book but maybe it's because someone had a a vision for the story that I didn't have myself and Mm. then that like I love the lore like I play Dungeons and Dragons which is set in high fantasy and you know like all those things but I just on my own could not get into it without some serious like third person yeah. intervention mm.
2: i was about to slap you for saying the movies are better but but you <laughs> understand why though i this is the one property where i tend to um give it a pass because the peter jackson trilogy is unparalleled it, it is I and mean, this is as a staunch tolkienite and i know the estate is not happy with them i whatever they need to to get their uh, weed pipes out of their asses and <laughs> and look at the fact that the man was able to take that epic and turn it into something digestible for a massive audience, and people love it to this day. I mean, Damn near is, inconceivable, really. Right. He, he did the impossible. And um, I guess you guys, you said you liked it in college, Mike. Mm-hmm. Adam, you were about it in high school. You kind of got into it. I started reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy in fourth grade. So I'm like you and, um, uh, what is it, that you started reading as a young... H.P.
1: Lovecraft. Yes,
2: I'm like you in Lovecraft with (laughs) Tolkien. My brother, someone had given my brother, foolishly, had given him the set of books because my brother is not a reader. I don't know if they were trying to spark something, and they promptly were thrown into his closet somewhere. And me being the bored, um, you know, miscreant that I was as a child, was rifling through his closet one day, and I came across the books, and I saw them gathering dust. And I thought, oh, he's not reading these, and it's got a cool cover, of course. I started reading it, and I was hooked. And I remember for probably about three or four years in a row, I read the entire trilogy over the summer, every summer.
1: Wow. Wow. Back to
2: back to back to back. I just, I could not get out of that world. I loved it. And I got the Silmarillion. I would sit in my basement, rocking the first three albums of Metallica, reading the Silmarillion. So like, that's the soundtrack to the Silmarillion for me is like epic Hmm. tunes like Orion and stuff off of Ride the Lightning. And just, it's just, I don't know. It's become a, a fiber of my being. And when the movies came out, I was amazed at how good they turned out to be. I was waiting for death. I knew that there's no way. <laughs> huh? This was, I think, after the uh, uh, Phantom Menace, you know, pretty much killed oh, that God. other early nerd yeah. gun for me, or almost killed it. And then uh, this came out, and I was like, it, it's true. You can make a great three hour movie based on a fantasy property and it be riveting for the entire yep. three hours. And I, I, I've never looked back. I love it, it's amazing.
1: Well, I enjoy how um my favorite part of your story is that you went looking for Playboy and found Tolkien. I was thinking <laughs> it, but
2: I wasn't gonna say it. Yeah. No,
1: I my
2: brother had cooler toys than me.
1: Oh gotcha. Mm, okay.
2: Yeah, he also had um no porn. <laughs> so <laughs> No porn. Yeah, right? yeah. I
1: believe me, I've looked. <laughs> not he's not into Lord of the Rings. He had no porn. Well, not that I could find. He might have been really good at hiding. <laughs> Maybe he's really into it and had an extra good well, hiding. By the
2: point where I think we were both we interested at the same time, he was already out of the house because he's quite a bit you. older than me. So,
1: well, I uh, I, I think that um, you know I, I had heard for years uh, after seeing the movie because there there was a period of a few years where I had was watching the movies regularly and not reading the book. Um so to your point about how they were able to turn it into this 3 hour essentially a masterpiece but people talked about how it had been considered for decades to be unfilmable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I did finally start reading the book, um you know I finally understood that because you you see all these scenes and it's like when you try to actually conceptualize how you would do that on screen in a way that wouldn't just totally drive audiences away Uh, it's hard to imagine um it it was um yeah it it was brilliant it is a uh one of the rare uh achievements where i don't think that you can definitively say the book is better or the movie is better the book is a masterpiece of literature and i think that the movie is a masterpiece of filmmaking
2: i'll concede that point but i will still say i enjoy reading the books more than going back to the movies that's just me though because i i i lived it for so long in my mind yeah
0: yeah i was gonna say it's got that nostalgia factor for you and i think the only thing we could make this episode better for you is if we played a little metallica in the background
2: i can make
1: that happen in (laughs) post (laughs) i mean yeah
0: do you do you but you know people are gonna listen to us in the morning so i love i (laughs) just do that
1: quietly in the background while you talk please continue in his ear please don't do
0: it in your microphone hover over his ear I,
1: i love how no one ever
2: mentions the cartoons from the 70s that they made
0: Oh, I did some research in trying to make sure I understood what the fuck I read. Oh, and, it was yeah. like,
2: those things were a mess. It was like cartoon. There was rotoscoping. There was all this mm-hmm. stuff going on, and it just looked bizarre and like nearly
0: it, offensive. Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's it's one of those things where it's like, wow. I'm really glad that never gained any traction, and that Peter Jackson's movies completely erased most of the memory of that.
1: Uh, having not seen it, I I, I ask, uh, let me ask you this question: If one were high, would they be much, much improved. They must
2: have been high while making them. <laughs> gotcha. So it's potentially there. Okay. It's the only way to comprehend. But I would that. I would recommend shrooms as your high of choice. Oh, Okay.
1: Gotcha. Ooh. You need
2: Ooh. you need some sort of um, oh hallucinogen to really <laughs> appreciate it. Understood.
0: Quick PSA, Nerds of the Old Republic does
2: not condone using
0: hallucinatory materials if they are not approved in your state or locality.
2: Wrong. We approve all hallucinogens.
1: All I, I prescribe to the Hunter S. Thompson school of thought, which is that uh, he does not condone alcohol or drug use for anyone, but they've always worked for him.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that was good.
2: Yep. Speaking of uh, alcohol use, this mold wine is going down very quickly. Very smoothly. Yeah, I yeah.
0: am worried about my consumption currently.
2: I'm wondering, if my does my voice sound even Richie richer and silkier? It
0: smells like velvet. <laughs> is that, is <laughs> that Are we that thing? close? Oh, did, did I have a moment of synesthesia there, or what?
1: Sean has this idea that he has this deep sonorous voice. It must sound like that in his head. I've tried to explain to him before how how nasally and, and...
0: He comes out like a squeaky mouse to me most of the time. What you hear in your headphones or your car is literally post editing because Sean does the post. So
1: Damn it. But I don't I don't know if he realizes how shrill he sounds sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Guys
0: Aw, oh, now you're just impersonating me. Not cool.
2: No, Adam, you you, cool. you have a good alto.
0: Third, I don't. I never took chorus, so I don't know where that. Well,
2: no, you wouldn't even be an alto. What would what, what would he be? Soprano? No. <laughs> Hi.
0: So, right?
2: No, I think you'd be a tenor. I don't. I'll, you're in the tenor you range. Call me. Yeah, sure. Like you're probably a bass.
1: Well, thank you. When I sing uh, karaoke, it's falsetto. So okay, if that, if that changes, <laughs> it's everything. in falsetto.
0: Yeah, just that's my key, falsetto. So
1: later I'm, on, Adam ooh. will be uh, clove performing sorry. the. Oh, you found the clove! I, got, I found, found, the found the gaming clove! Played. I <laughs> found the Christmas clove! We knew one had gotten yes. into the glasses. Yes. Sean is the winner.
0: I'm glad glad I didn't have to crack them because we all would have lost. I'm oh. sorry that you lost because it's just whole clove.
1: Yes, I was about to say that later on, Adam will be uh, performing the the pan flute uh, version of um, the Shire theme song Oh with, yeah. with his lovely. Uh, what did we decide? He was a tenor or a. Uh, I think he's a tenor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right.
1: But I'm also, also going to compete with the
2: Penny Whistle solo from My Heart Will Go On in Titanic. <laughs> That's glorious. Right. Yeah. On
0: so. the 25th anniversary of Titanic. Is it call. really? Yes, it is. Shit, man. I mean, not exactly this day, but this year is 25 years. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's get to the the nerdy fiction we're thinking of today, uh, The Silmarillion. My first question is, I'm sure many people are aware of the franchise and the property. So um, for those people who have maybe only read The Hobbit or seen the movies or- read Lord of the Rings or seen those movies. Is Who's this book for?
2: <laughs> me. <laughs> this book is for, for me, me and Stephen Colbert. That's it. I think Tolkien was sitting in his basement, you know, writing this, Where the hell he wrote his, his screed, and he's like, you know what? Shire. Someday a few nerds from the colonies are going to <laughs> really colonies enjoy colonies. the amount of detail I've done on this, and God, do I enjoy it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I gather as much. I will say that when I was reading this, I didn't feel like it was for me. And not because I I didn't appreciate the work. I literally did not think I could comprehend all the names, places, things.
2: To to be honest, though, the non-facetious answer is it's for him. He wrote yes. it for himself. That
1: is, and that is what I was going to say. That yeah. That's who the book is for. It is for J.R.R. Right. Tolkien. He never,
2: I don't believe, ever really intended to publish all of it. There might have been stories like the, uh, the uh, you know, Baron of Luthien, uh, Children of Huron, that kind of stuff that might have been intended for small publication. But Christopher Tolkien is the one who really engineered, and this his son, yeah, engineered the you know collection that we call the Silmarillion and putting that all together because the rabid fan base wanted more. I mean, there's a chance to cash in on all of his dad's copious piles of notes and stories, and they're still releasing books based on things that they're finding in in the records. There, something
1: was just released recently. I, I read think. it actually. Wow. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's like on Middle Earth, and it's um, it's just his annotations basically about his like thoughts on elvish lives and how they reproduce and how quickly and, and
1: how they reproduce, how they not reproduce. how, but like
2: <laughs> how, like, like how prolific they are in child and when they do it, cause they live forever. So they can't have kids throughout eternity.
1: Huh. Mm-hmm.
2: It's fascinating for a person <laughs> like me, but again, that's like in the Silmarillion it's his, like outline it's his sketch for the world of lord of the rings like because that's the true narrative that obviously he knew would be palatable to a full audience but the guy was a linguist like Mm -hmm. he developed this whole i guess mythos around a language that he made based on finnish
0: i think was the original it was a big part of it yeah sure
2: so it's you know it, it has this bizarre origin when you really think about it but i think the guy just teased the thread out and just kept going with it and eventually all of this mad world building became Lord of the Rings but that that's just the way I envision it i don't
1: know yep. if that's the truth um I, it 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 is a very different style of storytelling um and i i have personally read uh a number of the old icelandic sagas mm-hmm. and uh i I get a very strong sense that those were part of the inspiration for the summer. I agree with that. You know, right down to stylistic things. I mean, the, the, the Icelandic sagas are never a single story. They're generational stories that You know, talk about they trace families and feuds and they go to different geographical locations and and follow all these things over the course of many generations. And the whole thing is told in this very deliberate style where it's it's um, a narrative style that's very different from what we're used to in modern uh, Western storytelling. Um, You know, uh, Sean, when we were talking off uh, off the podcast earlier, you had mentioned how there's those little insertions like, um, Oh, so-and-so we don't hear from them anymore or something like that. And that's, that is something you see all the time in the Icelandic sagas. Like they'll, they'll be describing something and then it'll be like, and then so-and-so moved, over the hills to some region of Iceland and they do not enter into the tale any further. Right. And it's, it's, it's very deliberate. It's, it's, it's almost like this sense of like, there's a, I think they were called skalds. Like they were the storytellers in the community right? and they're delivering, you know, these generational stories that have been part of the record keeping and um, they're drawing attention to the fact that that is what they're doing. They're telling you a historical story. Mm. And there's a lot of that tone, especially in, once you move away from the old like god's shit in the beginning the yeah, rest finale. of the book really yeah. gets into that like saga feel
2: yeah it's, it's very like biblical epic mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah. yeah the i mean it's a creation myth the, the first book is right. really just the creation myth of the entire universe the world the different parts of the earth and then right. the creatures in it and here's where i give the disclaimer i'm going to pronounce everything wrong it's just everything, everything <laughs>
2: wrong. I think we all are. I mean, I I tried really hard to read through the appendices once to get all the pronunciations and learn how to do it. But it, again, it, it follows its own phonology and everything. Like, I don't know if it's like, uh, is it like Turgon is supposed to be Turjan and, or something like that? And like Phenor instead of, I would pronounce like Fanor or something like that. But it's, or oh, the classic one, Sauron, for years I'd pronounced it Sauron. Thinking like, oh, it's like Sauropod, Sauron. That sounds evil, but no, it's mm-hmm. Sauron is how you're supposed to pronounce it. So there's all these like little things with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, shit, I was gonna say something about Creation something. Myth, oh yeah. Book. So thank you. The mm-hmm. um, I always got the feeling that like all the Silmarillion, so all the Elvish stuff and the God stuff is Old Testament, and all of the Numenor and Third Age stuff is all New Testament. And just, like, that feeling of, like, the firstborn versus the secondborn, like, the first covenant versus the second covenant. And, like, because he was, what was he, was C.S. Lewis? And really, they were great friends. Yep. And that whole Christian sort of mythology that sort of informed both of their works. And I think with Lewis, it was a lot more overt. But with, with Tolkien, it's definitely there. Like, the good and evil, like, the pure uh, pure heart kind of stuff and all of that and how that can all conquer
1: everything. It's, Ironically, it's Lewis began as I believe the atheist and then mm. later became this much stronger, uh, you know, uh, Christian devotee while Tolkien, um, was almost, uh, from what I've heard, a little annoyed with how Christian he became and (laughs) how much allegory there was in uh, the Narnia Chronicles. That's funny.
0: Oh, yeah. I can totally buy that because, I mean, when you're reading the Narnia Chronicles and what's his name? The Lion Dies. Aslan, Aslan. a.k.a. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Because you can literally count, like, how many pages and how long he's dead for. And you're like, oh, that's probably about three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
2: right. uh, I like Tolkien, his ability to be inspired by those things, but tell his own story. Right. I mean, there's parts where you're like, okay, that is so derivative. Yeah. They told a song instead of like this, but whatever for the angels and the creation of the world and that, but it's still really unique and interesting. Yeah. And you can see the the <laughs> derivations there, but it's also, I don't know. I, I, you feel like as you're reading it, like, man, I really wish this was like my religion. You know, like you you read about it, like that's so cool, and it's got all these right. like intricate little, like neat things to it that it it doesn't have like the um, you know, like the a thousand authors trying to tell the same story feel that the Bible does yeah yeah. Whereas yeah. like obviously there was one single mind, and it feels much more cohesive that way. Maybe that's the best way to well, explain uh,
1: it. Well, and that's a credit, that's a testament to um you know the the skill and the vision of of its creator J R R Tolkien because uh he I'm I'm sure I'm paraphrasing but. Uh, he described what he was trying to do uh, with Middle Earth as uh – Create a, a mythology for England, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, he would look at like, you know, ancient Greece and ancient, uh, you know, China, Africa. They, there were all these very rich mythologies that all these cultures had. And he felt that England lacked that. And he wanted – he was approaching what he was doing as creating a mythology, an ancient, you know, lost, forgotten time in England's history.
2: Um, so, wait a minute. If Middle Earth then is like Great Britain, then is Ireland the blessed land?
0: Is that Oman? It's across the waters.
2: I mean, being part Irish, yeah. maybe I'm deathless. <laughs> <laughs> I think You're that's certainly
0: s- tall and pale enough. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> man.
2: No, it's it's true. It's okay. I'm
1: it's very, okay. I am very pale.
0: I'm translucent, so I feel no, like I can make no. that
1: joke. So we've established that Sean is very pale and has an extremely shrill voice. This this cast <laughs> is going well yep. for Sean. <laughs>
0: uh this is really just me. Who, Trying to avoid my insecurities here with my lack of um, knowledge of all of Lord of the Rings. I, I dove into this book and I find your Old Testament, New Testament analogy helpful. Because that kind of gets me from the first couple books to, um, where would you say the New Testament starts then? You said the the coming of
2: elves, maybe? No, I think even beyond that, I would say, oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, no hey, pun, that no, was no, apropos. Man. No pun intended. Yeah, we're just on, no. Giving the
1: points away. I was about to give another bell for that. I got to
2: say, like when the world was broken and Balerian was buried under the sea, I think like that's the end of the Old Testament. If you think about it, like the elves are like the Jews. The original chosen ones, right? And the coming of man is like, oh, this like humble race of nobodies who through their good heart and works can turn to good and they can become better. That all sounds very, you know, Jesus is preaching that like you don't have to be born into it. Like anyone can do it, right? Like the elves are, they're they are too perfect. They're, they're Mary Sue's. Like everything about the elves smacks of like this idea of of trying to take what the divine is and make it flesh which essentially he had already done with the, um, with the, uh, the, the mold wine is killing me. What are the, uh, <laughs> the, the, Valon, the the Valar. Valar. Sorry. Like what uh, the, what,
0: bees fees. There's like seven of each. I place. get it.
2: But um like what they are was they were already made manifest in Amman. Like they became alive, like, like a part of the earth. And they chose to do that because Aluvatar gave them the right to oversee their creation that they helped make. So it felt like, why do we have like, like a do-over on the godly ones, right? Because like, the elves, it's like the children of Iluvatar, the first ones, the Elder. they're like, they're all powerful. Like they are just almost like this close to being like a Maiar, right? Like they're like just below divine. And I'm like, all right. So and you think about it, it's like, why? Why do they need to have the power over nature that they do? Why do they have to have this, all this, that, and the other thing? And I guess if you think about it, the idea is, is that they're like the... um like the ones who almost like make the earth ready for the coming of the second covenant or the second coming, the children, right? The second born, what do they call the, the Adain or whatever. And it's the, um, like mankind that is eventually supposed to be like the true vision of Iluvatar for like, you know, they go, we don't know where they go when they die. Right. The, the elves are, they're tied to the earth and they wait in the halls of Mando's if they're, if they lose their mortal flesh and all of this, they're not their mortal flesh, but their flesh and their spirit has, their fire has to wait. Until the Earth is unmade, but mankind gets like this like special unknown thing, which is very religious when you think about it. It's like the idea of dealing with death, like what happens when we die. Oh, we don't really know, but it's going like, to be something good. Just wait and see, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, you'll find out, right? Well, and it comes up with like the children of like Elrond and Elros, like one picks the the life of man and one picks the life of right. the elf, and and it's that idea that yeah, who made the better choice, mm-hmm. right? Because Elrond had to live in sorrow. Watching the world diminish and himself and everything with it. But Elrond's got to grow old, like what is he like six hundred years old or something like that, and then die. And then he gets like a second adventure. It's like a like a one up or something like that yes. in a video game where he gets to go and do another quest, whereas Elron is stuck in the old game, like walking in the walls going, I don't know where to go now. You know?
1: That is a good compromise. More than eighty or eighty five years, but not quite the curse that immortality would be yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, um, agree. I agree to your point about the elves being nearly you know perfect uh angelic sort of demigod creatures um that's what makes i mean for me the highlight of this book is any time that the sons of Fanor show up or feanor himself. Um they are fascinating because yeah. they are mm-hmm. so human. Like they yeah. are yeah. the most human of the elves.
2: Are they the Cain and, to the Abel of the rest of them? What's that They're like the Cain, Cain to the Abel. Cain,
1: Cain to the Abel. Well, they're super passionate. Sounds like we're dropping hip hop lyrics here. Cain <laughs> to the Abel. Um check that. Check. That. <laughs> uh what was that? I was making a really smart point here sorry, I feel like. Sons of That's right. Yeah. So um I, I I feel that uh, every time they come into the book, they just totally fuck shit up. Like everything's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. always going <laughs> good and they fuck shit up. Yep. Even when their moment in the book has mostly passed and there's like a few lingering sons left scattered about Middle-earth and we've mostly moved on to other categories or other characters, uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it'll be like, then so-and-so and so-and-so, and so, sons of Fanor showed up. And all of a sudden it's like, there's betrayals and battles and death and all kinds of treachery, um, so they always just fuck shit up. Yeah. But that's what makes them so interesting. They're so human and they are motivated by such human things that you sympathize with them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they the fact that everything they do is motivated by this oath that they swore long ago. Well, is it you know? that
2: their the original sin was Feanor's oath against the Valar? And to get the Silmarils back, that that was the original sin that caused the downfall of the Naldor and basically the ruin
1: of Amon. But what I love is that they're not trying to atone for that original sin. They never do. They 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 all go to their doom. Like swinging the sword and like doubling and tripling down. Um, they, it, it, those those characters in particular, I mentioned the Icelandic sagas before, they remind me of those kind of characters. The Vikings, like the warriors. Yeah. And they had a code and they were going to fucking live by it and they were going to fucking die by it.
2: There were a few of them that repented and regretted the, the choice, but they never absolved themselves of the oath. They never said like, okay, it's over now. Until the silverils were burning in their hands, and they had to do something with them, right? Like that. Oh, was- right.
1: Yeah, and and then that—that's where like the tragedy comes in, right? Doesn't one of them end up like? There's rumors of him wandering some shore like mad, and then the other one, um- yeah jumps into the sea, if I remember correctly. Well, the
2: one cast the jewel into the sea, and it was lost forever. And the yeah. other one dropped it into an abyss, basically into the center of the earth there, and it, it goes forever. And then the other one, Arendelle, flies in the sky with. So, okay. you know, like, like you would.
1: As, as one does. Yeah. yeah, Like Green Lantern or Superman. Yeah. Like, like I said, very human.
2: That's yeah. the one thing I think is interesting. And you brought up the Icelandic sagas, because that, or the, um, I guess the um, Viking sagas, the idea of the Trees of Light... And that being, like, the origin of all the light and the goodness in the world and how it sort of, like, that's what Melkor hated or Morgoth eventually and all that stuff. And it was interesting because that's, like, the tree in uh, Viking yep. Sagas, the yep. like the, the tree yep. of, of life. life, or Idril or whatever it's called.
1: Yggdrasil Thank you. I have no idea if I pronounced it that right. So, but yeah. I tried to roll the R, so I th- think that Yes. Uh. Well there that makes go. it whoa, sound whoa, so exotic. That is so
0: good. And every American has a inferiority complex when it comes to accents. So it doesn't matter. You no, just crush
1: it. It's beautiful. What you have it's to do great. is own it yep. confidently.
2: Yeah. But it's the same <laughs> basic thing, right? Like he's riffing on that kind of thing. And those trees actually play such a huge part of the entire saga of the elves in the soul because it keeps coming up again and again. Yep. And the descendants in Numenor or like made in the image of the Telperian or whatever one of the original tree was is the one at the be- at the very end of of uh, Return of the King in the court of Gondor there, or in uh, Midas Tarith, right? That's the white tree that flowers again when Aragorn takes the crown.
0: You're looking at me like, <laughs> like I'm speaking this language. God damn it,
2: Stephen Colbert! You <laughs> you missed out, man. You, you missed really out. Did. This was you your one peer chance peer. for fame. You could have been on <laughs> this
1: cast using your nerddom for the good of the world and you blew it buddy you blew it the opportunity does not come twice no i i just of course stephen colbert please come on our you cast. can come on <laughs>
2: literally just call
1: me i don't jest. i'm taking an oath right now
2: <laughs> the oath of sean yeah. this is the oath of oh, sean yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will not be on this cast ever stephen of colbert <laughs>
0: you have to go back and find his full title In a YouTube YouTube clip I saw. No,
2: he's beneath that title now.
0: He get (laughs) worried. Did you take his crest? He he, uh, he gave himself, like, he got some interns, like, bring him a, I don't know, club soda or something. And they're like, here you go, Mr. Colbert. He's like, you will address me by my proper title. (laughs) And it's, like, 30 seconds long. That's awesome. You know, man of men of Gondar of (laughs) Fanor, And he just keeps, like, trilling out these things.
2: I, uh, I do also jest. I jape. I would very yeah. much enjoy talking with him about Tolkien and being crushed by his <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the immeasurable weight of that man's genius, both comedic and,
2: and Tolkienian. <laughs> yep.
0: So, you know, we've done a lot of, like, the stories and how they interconnect, where they're drawn from, and the inspiration, who's it for. So let's just keep it light for a second here. What are your favorite stories? I mean, I know, Mike, you talked about Feanor and anytime any time
1: those kids mm-hmm. show up. <laughs> those, those crazy kids. kids. Those crazy kids. Bratty little fucks. No. Well, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why I like That comes um, from parenting. Fanor had to rein them in. And- he just didn't.
2: No. no, but he was like the apple didn't fall far from that tree because he was right. the original hothead. Yeah. And his dad got killed, and he just fucking dropped. He just dropped the gloves, and that was <laughs> it, man. Melkor was doomed. He became Morgoth because Fanor called him that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hashtag daddy issues. Yeah. Sure. Really. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Sean?
2: Oh Some man! Your favorite uh, uh, stories. I like um, Baron and Luthien, of course. I think this is probably the most cohesive narrative in the entire thing, as far as like a simple like story. Uh, the children of Huron is pretty cool because it's got incest. Um, Do you guys as, catch that? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Baron basically bangs his sister. Oh yeah, yeah. Not yeah, Baron. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Baron. They, they don't uh,
1: realize it, right? There's no. a Remind me. Not, oh, not, you what mean what was like his Game name? of Thrones? Not, he not Baron. With his aunt. Because it gets revealed to them, right? At one she point.
2: she fell into a forgetfulness or something, yes. and he found her, and he married her, and then they had kids, and it was a mega tragedy. It's very um edible, right? And mm-hmm. it's in it's tragic tone, and it's uh, again, it's like the classic Greek kind of thing that he's working right. in there. Yeah. So exactly. that's an interesting story, just because of that, and the fact that they completely hate on the dwarfs big time in that one, like <laughs> oh, basically treating this. them like second class citizens. Uh, uh, you know, like. All right, we'll we'll get into the casual racism maybe another time. Yeah, I was just Tolkien, about to say but, you
0: mean you mean a white English writer is casually uh, racist?
2: Yeah, you know those small swarthy people that are beneath him, I guess would be <laughs> kind of. But the doors have redeeming qualities, not like those men of the Southlands who, you know, what he means by that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. um, but you know, the those boys. were good. I liked the Calavath because I think the Numenorians are a really fascinating people, and that right. they are um, they're close to Eldom. They make war on the gods, and you know, of course, that like like Atlantis. Ding, ding, it ding! Another one. Sinks, yeah. It brings another one of those stories in, but that idea is is huge. And uh, you know, I don't know. I think I, when as a kid, I really liked the original stories about the way that the Earth was made. The song I thought was a kind of a neat idea of creationism. I liked how a rogue Valar made the dwarves just because he he just wanted to, and he <laughs> was forgiven. But like Melkor wants to do stuff too, and it was like no. <laughs> right it's yeah. like that's the one that like he doesn't get to do what he wants to do but the other ones all get what they want
0: and that's why he's a bad dude
2: right? oh, is that
1: that's really team. the theme of the Silmarillion I feel is yeah. like all the family bullshit
2: oh yeah and I, I love how they basically let him fuck shit up left and right because they've got their own little place and they're like nah it's cool we got, um, we got uh, the, the Blessed Realm. We're good, right? We got the trees and everything. He gets this giant-ass spider from nowhere, sucks up all the light, fucking destroys it all, and they're all like, they just hide in their house, like, well, I don't know what to do. And he goes and makes like a like a heavy metal kingdom in Middle Earth and fucking yeah. rules over that shit. And then finally, finally, someone has the balls to go and knock on Dad's door and be like, Dad, can you tell him to stop messing with us? And they're like, FIRED! You know. And they get over there and basically cast him through the doors of
1: night, Right. And he's gone. Yeah. I was Speaking of the the spider and the heavy metal kingdom, Ungolions. great analogy by yeah. the way. Thank you. Um, the 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 I was about to say the the spider's name is the most heavy metal aspect of all of this. Ungoliant. <laughs> that That's the such, name of our first album. That is yeah. such a no, bad ass name. I think oh, I I think Ungolions. I honestly <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I was like smiling like an idiot at my book. Every time I read that character's <laughs> name, that is such a good name. I, lo- I love how Melk
2: or Morgoth himself feared her. like, right. like she oh, could yeah. have devoured him. Right, like, yeah. and this is like an unknown power. Like, there's no origin to it. It just right. it's this it's darkness, all consuming thing that gives birth to Shelob. By the way, right. for those of you who yeah. have only seen the movies, that's the spider that Frodo and Sam fight. Oh. In yes, the, uh, in the mountains of terror,
1: and and for the nine thousandth time, Sam proves himself to be the real hero of yes. the story. Right, oh, which
2: oh, is why oh. he is also allowed to go to the blessed realm.
1: Ah, oh, yes, because oh, he oh, he okay. was
2: a ring bearer, like, and
1: yeah. does he though? Is that how that movie ends?
2: I no, I but he stayed back to tend his garden. He did. He stayed with Rosie Cotton and had a family. But I right. think eventually, the idea is that he got to go also. Like Frodo went with I Gandalf. For Sam, when mm-hmm. Gandalf was called back because his. Days were done, and he could set down the secret flame of Nenya and all that. He he was able to go back. He took Bilbo. He took Frodo, and I think Sam followed afterwards in the last ship. Nice. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's how it goes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Stephen Colbert.
1: That's right. <laughs> but
2: I, I'm fairly certain because Sam touched that that you know element of basically Sauron, who was a Maiar. He touched the divine. Mm-hmm. He was given uh, passage to go to the Blessed Realm. You know, after his wife and kids all died. <laughs> yeah, you get
0: the tragedy of seeing your family pass before your eyes. Right. but then you can go to the blessed. You realm. get to live
2: in heaven on earth, basically, And eat the right. Garden of Eden, which is
1: essentially yeah. what that is. Well, he was told not to leave Frodo, so I have nothing to add to that because that was the perfect comment.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that literally was
2: potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <what> <laughs> uh, that
0: has been the absolute work GIF of the week since we've like, talking about this. And honestly, someone would just throw it on the work chat in the middle of something, and be like. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about potatoes again Uh, there was a
1: christmas sweater out this year of samwise Gamgee smiling (laughs) and underneath it said potatoes and i was this close to buying it on amazon but it was i think sixty dollars that's That's a little more than i like to pay for food related sweaters you know we we need (laughs) my ugly christmas sweater budget
2: we need nerds christmas sweaters think about that we could put our little avatar on a christmas sweater
0: my face with some elvish above it
2: no, oh. I was thinking Cthulhu's more like yeah, Cthulhu's head Nightmare with the, uh, face, with, with his martini yeah. glass and his book on a yeah. ugly sweater might be pretty cool. The Many
1: tentacled face Ooh. of Cthulhu that would be pretty cool. A Christmas sweater. I'm sure that exists already, but but not know. our spin with the glasses and the martini. Not yeah. our colors either.
2: I would right. also really enjoy some like some holiday swag or even just some Tolkien swag that is Silmarillion based. Like I want something that's got like the Silmarils on it, and it says like like, drip or something under it, right? Like, like no one would get it. One yeah. in a thousand people would understand that reference. But that's what I'm here for. There that's what I want.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Sean. Listeners <laughs> at home, you cannot... No. <laughs> I, adjust, I adjust, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're not in this for the money, just, just for the fame and the women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you want me to well, your care? wife is kind of stuck, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. She's... <laughs> She's already very impressed with me. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, dear listeners, don't think we're joking. We have thousands of downloads as of this podcast.
2: That's right. Multiple (laughs) thousands.
0: Multiple thousands beyond that with listeners in not every area code, but almost every continent. Yeah. And.
2: Come on, Antarctica. What the
0: fuck? Seriously. Well, nobody lives down there.
2: Yeah, but they got scientists who should be yeah, listening
1: to that's us. That's right. This is that's their true. jam. This is what? their shit. Well, we started what this podcast with that audience in mind, the yeah. Antarctica Scientist Community. Exactly.
2: Indeed.
0: We need to shape up our <laughs> SEO or something
1: so oh, we're targeted
2: at see, them better. They're a cabal and they just their cost of entry is way too high. Yeah, mm.
1: I I
0: could see that yeah. for sure. But uh no, I bring that up because um, you know, we're believe it or not, right to the end of Mike's drive time. So, we should probably kind of... spend four and a half hours already. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice cast. It's amazing how I
2: edit it. most of that out, right?
0: <laughs> and It's amazing how long I nursed that one glass of mulled wine oh, there. Oh, mine's been gone for I know Mine's been minutes. gone for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, we had joked about making this a multiple cast episode. And we kind of, we're at that junction. Like, either we go all in hmm. or we say, you know what? Let's point, put an edit mark here and then we'll switch to... Our second cast. So where are you guys
2: at? I'm going to go with this. I think we could easily go more in-depth with each individual part of the Silmarillion, but I think we've kind of plumbed it enough for now. Yeah. I know that there are more seasons of Rings of Power on the way where this conversation might naturally return to quite often, so I figure...
0: Revisit it then.
2: Put a pin in it for now right. and see how it goes. Agreed.
0: That's good. That gives me at least a year to try to understand this. Actually,
2: <laughs> it'll take many years, or an Adam. It's, it's not I'm easy. not an elf. I'm not going
0: to live forever.
2: You need to go to basically uh, Tolkien the- theology school, where they teach you mm. all of the all of the massive lore.
0: Do I get a Gandalf pipe like you have?
2: Um, no. Fuck. Sorry, Never that's mind. only for grandmasters.
1: <laughs> oh. You can go to the Renaissance Festival and buy your own. Maybe I'll just do that. Just They'll start that. you off with a pair of elf ears, though. Ooh. And you get hobbit feet slippers.
0: I already have hobbit feet, so <laughs> they fit over my hobbit feet.
2: <laughs> yes. They're very hairy. Yeah. Um will oh, a little
0: well, itchy. Well, that's okay. They make a cool noise when I walk. <laughs> so I guess I know where we're at. With our recommendations, because we're at that time of the cast.
2: Yeah, I recommend mold wine. Yes, well, yeah, mold wine for sure, <laughs> and the Silmarillion, right. of course. Mike.
1: Yeah, I, I do recommend it. It's obviously for for the hardcore crowd. Read mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings first, watch uh-huh. the movies first, sure. and if you are itching for more uh, Middle Earth and you don't want as much a story as information, yeah. then mm-hmm. then you will love the Silmarillion as much as we do. If you love the Bible you'll love the silver or the right icelandic there. sagas if you're cool yes
0: yes yes Yes. that's where we're at And i think on that note we should uh just have our outro from a little metallica without getting into <laughs> copyright <laughs> infringement issues sorry lars and uh we'll say see you next time nerds Cheers.
1: cheers, cheers.